Chapter Twelve of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Explains some curious facts. Gabrielle was silent for a moment. No doubt Stuart meant what he said. He was not endeavoring to alarm her unduly, but thoroughly believed in supernatural agencies. I suppose you've already examined the ruins thoroughly, eh? she asked at last. Examined them? echoed the gray-bearded man. I should think say. After forty old years here? Why, as a laddie, I used to play there ilka day, and have been in ilka neek in cranny. Nevertheless, come up now with me, she said. I want to explain to you exactly where and how I heard the voices. The whispers are an uncanny thing, said the keeper, with his broad accent. I didn't like them, miss. I didn't like to hear what ye tell me ava. Oh, don't worry about me, Stuart, she laughed. I'm not afraid of any omen. I only mean to fathom the mystery, and I want your assistance in doing so. But, of course, you'll say no word to a soul. Remember that. If it be your wish, Miss Gabrielle, I'll say nothing, he promised, and together they descended the steep grass slope and overgrown foundations of the castle until they stood in the old courtyard, close to the ancient justice tree, the exact spot where the girl had stood on the previous night. I could hear plainly as I stood just here, she said. The sound of voices seemed to come from that wall there. And she pointed to the gray flint wall, half overgrown with ivy, about six yards away. Stuart made no remark. It was not the first occasion on which he had examined that place in an attempt to solve the mystery of the nocturnal whisperings. He walked across to the wall, tapping it with his hand while the faithful spaniel began sniffing in expectancy of something to bolt. "'There's nothing here, miss, absolutely nothing,' he declared, as they both examined the wall minutely. Its depth did not admit of any chamber, for it was an inner wall, and according to the gamekeeper's statement, he had already tested it years ago, and found it solid masonry. "'If I went forward or backward, then the sounds were lost to me,' Gabrielle explained, much puzzled. "'Oi!' "'That's just what they have said,' remarked the keeper, with an apprehensive look upon his face. "'The whispers are only hard at a spot. Wherever ye've just stood, I've seen the lady and green meself, miss. And when I was a laddie, and again about ten years seen. "'You mean, Stuart, that you imagine that you saw an apparition? You were alone, I suppose.' "'Yes, miss, I was alone.' "'Well, you thought you saw the lady of Glencardine.' Where was she? On the drive in front of the house. Perhaps somebody played a practical joke on you. The green lady is Glencardine's favorite specter, isn't she? Perfectly harmless, I mean. Ay, miss. Lots of folks saw her ten years sin. But no days she seems to be hay been laid. Somebody said they saw her last Glenska holidays, but I didn't believe it. Neither do I, Stuart. But don't let's trouble about the unfortunate lady who ought to have been at rest long ago. It's those weird whisperings I mean to investigate. And she looked blankly around her at the great cyclopean walls and high weather-beaten towers, gaunt yet picturesque in the morning sunshine. The keeper shook his shaggy head. I'm afeard, Miss Gabrielle, that ye'll ne'er solve the mystery. There's something you say fatal aboot the whisperings, he said, speaking his pleasant highland tongue, that naebody cares to attempt the investigation. They did say that the whispers are the voice of the devil himself. The girl in her short blue serge skirt 
white cotton blouse, and blue tam o'shanter, laughed at the man's dread. There must be a distinct cause for the noise she had heard, she argued. Yet though they both spent half an hour wandering among the ruins, standing in the ruthless banqueting hall, and traversing stone corridors, and lichen-covered moss-grown ruined chambers choked with weeds, their efforts to obtain any clue were all in vain. To Gabrielle it was quite evident that the old keeper regarded the incident of the previous night as a fatal omen, for he was most solicitous of her welfare. He went so far as to crave permission to go to Sir Henry and put the whole of the mysterious facts before him. But she would not hear of it. She meant to solve the mystery herself. If her father learnt of the affair, and of the ill omen connected with it, the matter would surely cause him great uneasiness. Why should he be worried on her account? No, she would never allow it, and told Stuart plainly of her disapproval of such a course. But tell me, she asked at last, as returning to the courtyard, they stood together at the spot where she had stood in that moonlit hour, and heard with her own ears those weird mysterious voices coming from nowhere. Tell me, Stuart, is there any legend connected with the whispers? Have you ever heard any story concerning their origin? Of course, miss. Through all Perthshire is Will Kent, replied the man slowly, not it seemed without considerable reluctance. What is hard by those doomed to death in the conspiracy of O Charles Lord Laird Glencardine and the Earl O'Kintyre for the murder of the infamous Cardinal Seton O St. Andrews, why, as I dare say, ye can fray history, miss, was assassinated here, on this very spot where we stand. The Earl of Kintyr, the gither we Laird Glencardine, his doctor Mary, in Anne o' the Meekintyres of Tallentree, and we miss o' Strathbane, were a year later tried by a commission issued under the name o' Mary Queen o' Scots. But say popular was the murder of the cardinal, that the accused were acquitted. Yes, exclaimed the girl, I remember reading something about it in Scottish history. And the whispers are, I suppose, said to be ghostly conspirators in conclave. That's what folks say, miss. They deave well as well that old Nick himself was present, and gied the decision that the cardinal what has to be asked o'er fair Stirling, said d it is his evil counsel that is hard by those whom death will quickly overtake really stuart she laughed you make me feel quite uncomfortable but mees sir henry already keens aboot the reespers said the man i heard him telling a young gentleman who came doon last shooting season a gied dale aboot it they visited the old castle together and i happened to be here boots this caused the girl to resolve to learn from her father what she could. He was an antiquary, and had the history of Glencardine at his finger-ends. So presently she strolled back to Stuart's cottage, and after receiving from the faithful servant urgent injunctions to have care of herself, she walked on to the tennis lawn, where, shaded by the high trees, Lady Habern in white serge and three of her male guests were playing. "'Father,' she said that same evening, when they had settled down to commence work upon those ever-arriving documents from Paris. What was the cause of Glencardine becoming a ruin? Well, the reason of its downfall was Lord Glencardine's change of front, he answered. In 1638 he became a stalwart supporter of episcopy and divine right, a course which proved equally fatal to himself and to his ancient castle of Glencardine. 
reed in his annals of octeridar relates how after the civil war lord dundrennan in company with his cousin george lockin of ochiltree and burgess of octeridar and the laird of Manab, descended into strathern and occupied the castle with about fifty men he hurriedly put it into a state of defence general overton besieged the place in person with his army consisting of eighteen hundred foot and eleven hundred horse and battered the walls with cannon having brought a number of great ordnance from stirling castle for ten days the castle was held by the small but resolute garrison and might have held out longer had not the well failed with the prospect of death before them in the event of the place being taken dundrennan and lochan contrived to break through the enemy who surrounded the castle on all sides a page of the name of john hamilton in attendance upon lord dundrennan well acquainted with the localities of glencardine undertook to be their guide when the moon was down dundrennan and lochan issued from the castle by a small postern where they found hamilton waiting for them with three horses they mounted and passing quietly through the enemy's force they escaped and reached lord glencardine in safety to the north on the morning after their escape the castle was surrendered and thirty-five of the garrison were sent to the tollbooth of edinburgh general overton ordered the remaining twelve of those who had surrendered to be shot at a post and the castle to be burned which was accordingly done the country folk in the neighborhood are full of strange stories about ghostly whisperings being heard in the castle ruins she remarked her father started and raising his expressionless face to hers asked in almost a snappish tone well and who has heard them now pray several people i believe and they're gossiping as usual eh he remarked in a hard dry tone up here in the highlands they are ridiculously superstitious who's been telling you about the whispers child oh i've learnt of them from several people she replied evasively mysterious voices were heard they say last night and for several nights previously it's also a local tradition that all those who hear the whispered warning die within forty days bosh my dear utter rubbish the old man laughed who's been trying to frighten you nobody dad i merely tell you what the country people say yes he remarked i know the story is a gruesome one and in the highlands a story is not attractive unless it has some fatality in it up here the belief in demonology and witchcraft has died very hard get down penny's traditions of perth first shelf to the left beyond the second window right hand corner it will explain to you how very superstitious the people have ever been i know all that dad persisted the girl but i'm interested in this extraordinary story of the whispers you as an antiquary have no doubt investigated all the legendary lore connected with glencardine the people declare that the whispers are heard and i am told believe some extraordinary theory regarding them a theory he exclaimed quickly what theory what has been discovered nothing as far as i know no and nothing ever will be discovered he said why not dad she asked do you deny that strange noises are heard there when there is so much evidence in the affirmative i really don't know my dear i've never had the pleasure of hearing them myself though i've been told of them ever since i bought the place but there is a legend which is supposed to account for them is there not dad do tell me what you know she urged 
I am so very much interested in the old place and its bygone history. The less you know concerning the whispers, the better, my dear, he replied abruptly. Her father's ominous words surprised her. Did he, too, believe in the fatal omen, though he was trying to mislead her and poke fun at the local superstition? But why shouldn't I know, she protested. This is the first time, Dad, that you've tried to withhold from me any antiquarian knowledge that you possess. Besides, the story of Glencardine and its lords is intensely fascinating to me. So might be the whispers, if you ever had the misfortune to hear them. Misfortune? she gasped, turning pale. Why do you say misfortune? But he laughed, a strange hollow laugh, and endeavoring to turn his seriousness into humor, said, Well, they might give you a turn, perhaps. They would make me start, I feel sure. From what I've been told, they seem to come from nowhere. It is practically an unseen spectra who has the rather unusual gift of speech. It was on the tip of her tongue to explain how, on the previous night, she had actually listened to the whispers. But she refrained. She recognized that, though he would not admit it, he was nevertheless superstitious of ill results following the hearing of those weird whisperings. So she made eager pretense of wishing to know the historical facts of the incident referred to by the gamekeeper. No, exclaimed the blind man, softly but firmly, taking her hand and stroking her arm tenderly, as was his habit when he wished to persuade her. No, Gabrielle, dear, he said, we will change the subject now. Do not bother your head about absurd country legends of that sort. There are so many concerning Glencardine and its lords that a whole volume might be filled with them. But I want to know all about this particular one, Dad, she said. From me you will never know, my dear, was his answer, as his gray serious face was upturned to hers. You have never heard the whispers, and I sincerely hope that you never will. End of chapter 12